On this week's episode, we sacrifice ourselves to the cabin in the woods. Are we the ancient gods? What engineer installs that system purge button? And what does Casual Friday look like at the horror apocalypse office? Find out now, you're listening to 24 Flames Per Second. <laughs> all right, all right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Halloween season of 24 Flames Per Second. Everybody, we are two-thirds of the way through. It's four weeks. Uh, Three-quarters of the way <laughs> is the correct measurement. And um, everybody, welcome to the show this week, the podcast of Rose. The films we love the most. I'm Robert Spiewak Bohorkas, as always, your host. And this week on the show, we are driving in our RV into the woods to the titular cabin in the woods, everybody. <laughs> yeah. 2012 uh, Drew Goddard film produced by Joss Whedon. And uh, we're very excited to see all the different combinations of monsters in the form of arguments to and from each other today. Um, and so, yeah, we are uh, probably just going to dive right on into it. I hope everyone's Halloween season has been going well, and we've got a great weekend coming up. And right after the weekend, one more thing I want to plug real quick before we jump into the real show uh, is, I, I know we mentioned it in August, and then it didn't come out, but it is for sure coming out next week on Tuesday. Um, October 30th, uh, the premiere of another Party Fish Media show, VH Quest, which is our good friend Ben Scott and uh, Mike Graves, their VHS tape collectors podcast uh, featuring lots of industry physical media expert interviews and uh, all that fun nostalgia culture that's associated with those great, great black boxes of tape. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the premieres on Tuesday, and then I believe those episodes will be monthly. So throw it in your podcatcher, just catch them when they come out, and it'll roll out everywhere you uh, everywhere you get your podcast. So stay tuned, and let's jump into the actual show. Then this week, across the table from me, the Marty to my Dana, Quasi Phillips. Oh, nice. What's up, man? How's it going? I'm good. I'm doing great. Yeah. Excited to be back. Mm-hmm. Back in the system. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. That was, I mean, that was a month ago, but whatever. Still. Yeah. It's a long no, time, you're fresh man. No, ba- you're fresh back from Ghana. Yes, sir. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Kwesi, did you watch the movie this week? I didn't, but I've watched this movie so many times, so <laughs> I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready. I'm not even on a panel. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to cover it without one sex. No, yeah. man, yeah. I'm, uh, I think I'm well-versed in this one. This okay. is the... Even though Josh Whedon, did he write this? I think he wrote this. Or not know. even, just produced. I yeah, he co-wrote it with co-wrote Drew it, right? Goddard, and then Goddard directed. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think this is the most familiar with Josh Whedon work than I am. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I'm not, I can't say, like, I know too much about the Firefly world, but... Or Buffy or the other stuff that he's done. Um, Avengers. I know this. And Avengers, right? Marvel. All Avengers, Marvel Age of Ultron. Oh. Fair. 
That's why, was, why were you rushing for that? <laughs> <laughs> That's when they're in Sokovia. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Which so is like <laughs> Russia proxy country. Like a Ukraine proxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Who um, are these ghosts talking, though? This yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get, it, let's get into let's the, get the rest of everybody else. Um, <laughs> Tis the, season, tis the season for ghosts, Squeezy. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, on the roasting panel this week, starting it off, we have local Seattle storyteller and uh, co-producer of The Moth. Find her on social media at Casey Rom. Casey Rom. That's me. Yeah, hello. How are you? Yeah, doing good. Uh, excited to get into this one. There's mm-hmm. a lot. There's yeah. a lot in this movie. <laughs> there is. A lot of elevators. <laughs> um, almost every monster yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah it's good to have you here thank you for being here yeah. and next to her local Seattle filmmaker self-proclaimed nasty boy find him on Instagram at nittinne no it's, it's, it's updated now <laughs> oh you changed it yeah it's n80.n80 okay okay, okay. <laughs> 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 Still unreadable Instagram handle. Navy uh, Nate. I love it. Nate Sautel. Nate Sautel. Hey, Robert. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. Good, I'm good. good to have you here. Yeah. And uh, then flip on the other side of the table on the defense this week. Filmmaker and political activist. Find him on Twitter at True Cody Olson. Cody Olson. Hello. The one. The only. The true. <laughs> the there are actually a Cody. lot of Cody Olsons on Twitter. Are there? Yeah. I've never course. met. The only other Codys I've met in my life are Yellow Labs. So these people are foreign <laughs> oh, to me. Oh, Cody, Cody. Yeah, they make Twitters for them. I Yellow actually, Labs. There's a lot of them. I should be following these. These sound great. Yeah. And they give them last names of Olson. Too. Am, am I secretly a Yellow Lab? Have I been this whole time? <laughs> Cody, I'm glad you're here. Uh, <laughs> is, this, is this an intervention? <laughs> I do like chasing tennis balls. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, Cody, welcome to the show. And uh, you know how it goes. We start things off with a uh, movie in the minute. In a minute. Cool. Movie. In the minute. <laughs> movie in the minute. Specific minute. Captain the Woods, movie in the minute. I think I That's swallowed with movie in a minute, mm-hmm. uh, you'll give us a full plot synopsis of uh, cabin, the cabin in the woods. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Spoilers and all. Yeah. Uh, and if you wouldn't do me a kindness, flip those notes over so you can't read them. Oh. Ooh, okay. Season two. Season. These aren't. We're well. We're yeah. a fourth of the way. Give me that. <laughs> Give me this. That, the thing on the other side is for the Washington State Democrats. Well, not, well, you can't it. use that either. No, I can't. <laughs> Democrats can help you with this. <laughs> Good recycling, though. Yeah. Purpose um, your paper. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll give you a three count, and then you're off. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not, but let's do it. That's fine. Um, in three, two, one, go. All right. A group of, I think, five friends are going to uh, they're going to a cabin for the weekend uh, to hang out. Um, but while they're going, we start to realize that some corporation is watching them and subtly manipulating events uh, this weekend. Um, during a game of Truth or Dare, they go down into a cellar and find a lot of creepy stuff. Um, one of them reads the Latin from this book that awakens some redneck pain-worshipping zombies, which are different than just normal zombies. Um, And they proceed to get picked off one by one, they being the friends. Um, And basically, this larger game that's going on is that this corporation uh, has to 
provide this like sacrifice of these these like teens or young adults uh, to the old gods so that the old gods don't rise up and destroy the world. Um, however, two of them survive, uh, the stoner and the quote unquote virgin. They work with what they got. Um, they kind of make their way into the battle. You're out of time. Boom, 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 boom. But you, um, yeah. made it. I'm, I'm proud far. of my performance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, it's kind of, that's kind he, of. Cool. You left it all on the field. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> give it all the percent This is Rocky one. I didn't win, but I, I went, you know, I, I went all the rounds. <laughs> I feel good about myself. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, I mean, you were close. So, yeah, yeah. they get in um, and infiltrate the facility. Where they're being where everything's being manipulated. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. They find they see um, the monsters all everything. in their containers, and they mm -hmm. get there and they do the system purge, and let all the monsters out, mm -hmm. and they yeah. kill all the SWAT team in there, and yeah. all the employees and everything. They make it all the way through the bottom right. chamber, where Sigourney Weaver is, and <laughs> right. Um, right. <laughs> and she explains the whole deal with the gods, and you know. Is your life more important than humanity? Man, blah, recaps blah, blah. the whole movie pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then uh, they decide to let humanity perish. Yep. yep. End of end of film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and that's uh, that's it. Super so. curious about that purge button, though. We should get to that in the post show. Mm. Super curious about that. Why? For what possible <laughs> reason? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I'll put, a pin, I'll put right? a pin in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, we're gonna get into it. Um, but uh, but but yeah. So very good, uh, Cody. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and give us your opening statements. Why do you like the cabin in the woods? Yeah. So I think so. First off, it's a really original uh, just take on horror in general. Uh, it both gives us something new, but also riffs on our knowledge of horror movies. Um, and I think every moment in this movie is effective. Like everything that the movie tries to do, it succeeds at doing. It simultaneously gives us this story that uh, of kind of the young adults and the teenagers um, going out to the cabin for the weekend, while also giving us, I would say, an equally compelling story of this corporation that's manipulating the events that are happening. And we kind of feel for both of them, um, the corporation in a little bit more of a removed way, because they're, they're kind of evil. But we also get where they're coming from, and I just feel like every, like every scene, every kind of dialogue, um, back and forth, feels genuine and lived in, and yeah, just pretty like it feels like it comes from a savvy screenwriter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Cool. Um, so speaking of savvy or not screenwriters, roasters, um, is that where we want to start? Maybe with the writing. Um, I know plot yeah, was a little bit one of some of our sticking right. points. Yep. How does this kind of how does this kind of all button up together with those two different mm -hmm. kind of side side pieces that Cody was talking about? Do you want to take this? No, yeah. Not all well, in the pre well in the pre show you mentioned the idea that this uh, plot really relies on convenience, mm -hmm. and that goes back to the the purge button debate. Like, why does that exist? Why would this top secret facility? have a button that releases all the monsters into their own facility that makes zero sense that's totally just a, a device of convenience um, why if the entire fate of the world depends on this scenario are they only running it in four locations why aren't they running like a thousand of these and I think they are <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think they said yeah they're running more than just four right? yeah. like the US. US. Japan US there's like only one more on their screens that they're watching oh I thought there were like every country had a maybe kind of there's a lot yeah um, 
still seems like they should make their success rate a lot Fair enough, higher. Yeah. And you know, this Marty surviving is super unlikely. Like, why would the torture family leave him alive? There's just no, there's no reason for that. Um, and then at the end, one of the most perplexing things to me is that they say like, I don't even think Kurt has a cousin. So like, why are they out there in the first place? <laughs> there's no. There's no information where I want information and way too much information where I don't need it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, when you're saying they give way too much information when you don't want it, especially, I see that especially in the very end when Sigourney Weaver comes out and is explaining, oh yeah, the fool is Marty, the virgin is um, Dana. Dana. the jock, the smarty, yeah, and it like flashes back through all of their deaths, and it's just like hitting you over the head with things we already know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was some really bad writing. It's I really thought. exposition heavy at the beginning too. We get this whole plot about how Dana's sleeping with her professor and how she should read this book because he won't know it, and that. It, at the end, we realize none of this shit matters. So it's like, why yeah. am I learning this? Why does it matter? Infor- well, the entire world ends. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, but, but, oh, okay. But at the end of the movie. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't contribute to any character development for her that she was sleeping with the professor. We don't learn anything from that except that she's not actually a virgin so that we can quip about that later. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then going back to the conveniences, yeah, there were too, I think there were too many spots in the movie where uh, it was... It seemed like they were looking for an answer, so they just threw something in there. Like a couple of occasions was like when they needed the tunnel to close down, and they, the like, corporate dude went under the bench and was mm-hmm. messing around with the wires to trigger mm-hmm. the explosion. That felt like a cop out to me. Um, the gases that like made them want to split up. I mean, that's more minor, but. You know, it seems like there are a couple of plot devices like that that were just like. Well, and the gas was a a contradiction too. They make a big point about how they're supposed to choose this fate for themselves, and then they're like, "But also, we manipulate them the whole time." Mm -hmm. Well, which is it? Are are they making these choices? Because the choice that Thor made was we should all stick together. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you will be Thor. Yeah. Uh, Is that like we should all stick together? And then they release gas, and he's like, wait, actually, we need to split up. So that's not really free will. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's kind of an interesting one that I, I thought of a little bit. I guess I would say, from the corporation's perspective, they don't say that they don't manipulate any events, because they are manipulating events. But they say that once you get them down into the cellar, you can't determine, you can't you know, put your thumb on the scale of what device they're going to use for their own demise. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was their big point, that they have to be the ones to have free will to select their own demise. <clears throat> and with that, on the fringes of it, that they are able to mess with them a bit more. I kind of feel like the one where they make them split up is a little bit of a, like, bigger manipulation. Yeah. So I'll give you that. Um, but I guess I want to speak to the the plot holes a bit. Um because I think you you can pick this movie apart in some places if you really really want to, but I guess my question would be like why why would you want to? Because I think if you if you come to the movie like ready to play and ready for this like fun horror ride, I think the movie gives a lot of really interesting reasons why these people act how everybody acts in horror movies and almost acts as like this weird retcon for every horror movie we've seen that is kind of like you could you could believe that every horror movie that that exists. In, in our world 
is basically has been a scenario in this in this world. And so, you know, them splitting up, them, uh, you know, making decisions that will ultimately lead to their demise that might seem kind of contrived, uh, I feel like are, are effective ways that the film kind of is like, yeah, this scenario has to happen. Yeah. Like, how, how meta is too meta, though? Um, like it comes to like what they can con- what they say they can control, mm-hmm. and then what is supposed to just kind of be a part of what the part of the movie about what, what the world. Sure, is. but I guess is there anything that happens in the movie that they aren't controlling or manipulating that you feel like people that you feel like you know is a plot hole outside of like the corporation and how maybe omniscient they are? Well, sort of. I think that. Like, the, the barrier is, is definitely cheating. Like, they blow up the tunnel, which is also a massive manipulation. Right. But then, like, Thor probably could have made that jump. He was really going. He could have, yes. <laughs> and then there's just, like, a, a barrier there. Well, we, we, we've all just decided yeah. that it's Thor. Well, it's okay. Thor pre-Asgard. So, yeah. So, the barrier, you're totally right there. The barrier's them, I think, putting their thumb on the scale too much. But the cave collapsing, isn't that a pretty typical thing like that we might see in a horror movie at the end of the second act that they maybe almost get away but something keeps them there. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it's the movie it's the movie via explanation of this corporation manipulating events saying this is why they're gonna have to stay there. This you know, we're we're playing it this corporation is playing into the tropes that you know from horror movies. Yeah. Well, you asked the question, like, why would I want to tear it apart and not just, like, show up for the ride? But Mm. part of the thing about this movie was, and you could call this a positive or a negative, but their marketing didn't give really anything away. The trailer is, like, very short and Mm -hmm. and doesn't give a lot of information. You maybe get that there's a surveillance element to this movie, but that's about it. And so I am a huge horror fan, and I went into this movie thinking it was going to be a horror movie. Mm -hmm. And then I sit down and watch 45 minutes of exposition and a very awkward game of truth or dare before (laughs) anything actually happens in Mm -hmm. the way of horror. And on top of that, I I can be there for, for like a referential... Uh, horror movie. One of my favorites is Scream. Mm. But Scream does this thing where it just leans all the way into it, where all the characters are totally Mm self-aware about the fact that they're in a slasher movie and use it to their advantage. And then you have something also like Get Out, which subverts the tropes. Mm -hmm. So this is just kind of something in the middle that's like, look, we did tropes. Yeah, it's kind of, Mm. I think it's like the Ready Player One of horror movies. (laughs) 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 I haven't seen Ready Player One so I can't I can neither confirm nor deny that there's just I think there's this idea that like it's it's kind of like the member berries in South Park, like this idea of like, be, remember the angry molesting tree? Remember that from Evil Dead? Remember how this cabin looks just like Evil Dead? You guys remember Evil Dead, right? Like, it kind of just gives me this feeling of like, if we reference something, that's satire. And I think like we've all learned from the Big Bang Theory that that's not true. Like, it's not a, a joke just to say this thing existed. Right, but I guess isn't it a joke to have this this whole corporation whose basically mission is to sacrifice these kids in a way that's familiar and feels tropey to us and to like build that world out, build that world out and make it feel genuine and you know, and we understand the stakes of that corporation. I guess isn't isn't that something I can see cool I can definitely see the argument and I I can see that it's original. I think that's where I get upset by these manipulations is that 
part of the thing I like about horror movies is when when you get to the point where you tap out, where you say, no, this girl's an idiot. I would mm-hmm. not get caught in this situation for X, Y, Z reason. And there's so many points in this movie where I'm like, no, I'm out. As soon as that creepy guy at the gas station's like, no one goes out there, I'd be like, guys, we're in Jeepers Creepers. We got to get the fuck out. <laughs> like, and, and when they manipulate them and don't allow them to leave, then that's where it feels somehow tainted for me. Hmm. But I guess their point was that, and they say that, you know, we throw the harbinger out there, you know, a big sign on his forehead basically saying, don't come here, yeah. and they still come there. And so I don't know if maybe there's something that they didn't explicitly say where as long as they themselves decide to go to the cabin, you know, and yeah. and ignore all signs saying maybe don't do this, that once they're there, the corporation has a little more leeway to mess with them, you know? I guess. <laughs> But I just don't think I would go. (laughs) I guess part of the, like, for me, generally in a horror movie, especially for women, you kind of get this, like, final girl thing that's Mm -hmm. really fun to attach to and say, like, okay, if I'm the final girl in this situation, do I survive? Do I not survive? And I don't identify with either of the female characters Mm -hmm. in this movie. And I don't really identify with the the people underground either so i'm like who i guess i want them to win because end of the world but do i like they're kind of shitty people and Mm. and the people above ground are kind of shitty people and maybe like the ending is what i actually wanted out of this movie (laughs) that they all just disappear and we start over Oh, interesting. But like, isn't, that, isn't that horror, though? Like, who would you say is the protagonist in this movie? Is it the people underground, or is it the... It's not the people no. underground. We see them die some pretty brutal deaths, and they're sort of... I think that's more the B-plot. Yeah, they, their yeah. aloofness is played for laughs in a bit of a cruel way, so, like, we're okay with seeing him, seeing Bradley Whitford get killed by a, a mermaid. mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> which is, the which one beast you wanted. It's just yeah. such a great moment that he does this last yeah. night. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know, were you, were you gonna say something? No. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I guess your thing is that you didn't identify with any of the well, like, do you think surviving characters. I think a protagonist or a final girl or, or someone, an audience proxy is an important part of horror as a mm-hmm. genre. Sure. And it, I do not feel that for Dana. Maybe... Don't we have the audience proxy in the stoner? Who well, I feel like I am not, wouldn't consider myself a big stoner, but... I feel like I identified with him a lot because well, because he's the only one not being manipulated because of his plot device, right, magical but, weed. Yeah. <laughs> right, but I'm saying if you want an audience surrogate, isn't that but the audience surrogate? But then he disappears right for the entire second act. Okay, but then he comes back. Yeah, I don't know. I just <laughs> I I could probably attach to him more than anyone else in this movie, but mm-hmm. even that feels like a missed opportunity. Like how how did he survive? We don't even really get. He, he says he says he disemboweled the guy. So I mean, the guy the guy's dragging him away. Last thing we see, and, and at some point he's able to you know wriggle away, get the but upper hand. But we also hand. saw a lot of blood before he dragged him away. And we don't really see any wounds on him or any reason to believe he's that he's... pretty messed up. When, they're all pretty messed up when we see them. He's <laughs> got, like, blood caked everywhere. Both of them should be barely able to move by the time they go down. Oh, we shouldn't play the should have died game. Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't do that. That's, that's tricky it all ends area. Up being, but then at the end, like, if I am supposed to attach to Marty, mm-hmm. then I think he's being silly by not letting Dana shoot him. Like, mm-hmm. we have... Why would he not 
Because he, well, A, because he wants to live, and also, I think But he's he, not going to live. <laughs> but I think he has a point. This is a pretty fucked up game if the only way we're surviving is to cruelly and unusually and systematically, like, what, every year? doesn't It seems like it has to happen every pretty year, often. Yeah. Put these innocent people through hell. You know, And, like, it ha- has to happen in every country, too. Some of yeah. them it succeeds, some of it doesn't. But I think he has a point that if this is the cost of living, like, maybe give someone else a shot. I don't know. I no, I think the pragmatist in me would go, a lot of people are gonna die, take this one for the team, maybe we'll figure out how to figure this shit out in the next couple of years. But I think there's a point to be made that if this is how we're surviving, maybe let's But it's not this. but that I don't know, man, because it what what about the, the what the purpose of this whole game is? Is to save the world mm-hmm. from these evil gods. Right. So either But by killing innocent people. Okay, so a few everyone, people. everyone <laughs> suffer. Everyone is tortured for however many years until right. we get. And we do another deal with these gods, and this happens again, or we continue doing it now. I but I, it turn worldwide pain, right? You know what I mean. Or but I think, but I you're but you're assuming you, you know how things are going to be. I think he's just saying reset button, dude, because it is too cruel to know that I'm living in a world where a corporation every year picks a few people and goes, you're going to die and it's going to be rough. And we're mm. going to watch every second of it. Mm. So, I'm, I, again, I'm not saying I would make that choice, but I'm saying I understand the logic in this guy who's already a little anti-establishment going, this, like, this is a bridge too far. <laughs> what do you, what kind of social commentary do you think the movie's making? Oh, I, don't, I don't think it's making social commentary. I think it's a fun genre movie that's making commentary on other horror movies that's kind of saying here are these tropes and these you know potential plot holes and every when people always go let's split up what if we had fun with these and not only had fun with them but made an in-universe reason why they're happening Mm -hmm. um i was trying to think when i was watching it if i saw this knowing the premise of the movie or not and i honestly can't remember the if I went in knowing the premise or not, mm-hmm. but I know my brother somehow managed to make it in not knowing the premise of this movie mm-hmm. and like came out and was just blown away because he was like, thank <laughs> God they didn't blow this in the trailer. I was, I was losing my shit as they were kind of peeling back the layers of this mystery. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like this film is a really fun accomplishment that I was really glad to watch again. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching it the first time in theaters and, uh, yeah, being pretty like blown away at how like what sort of meta commentary it's making on like horror films. Mm-hmm. But then <clears throat> watching it again, I was trying to think about like what are they actually trying to say about horror movies? Mm. It seems that they were just throwing in these references but not really saying anything about them. So what do you think they missed? Um well, like Casey was saying, they aren't subverting them mm. and they aren't they aren't like elevating the tropes they're just using them so it's like they're explaining them right they're using them and then sort of providing some context for them right yeah i guess so but then um what does if they're so i think the problem that i have with this movie is like they really go full force in explaining the tropes at the end with like mm-hmm. explaining the character archetypes right. and stuff like that so I feel like if they go full force explaining these tropes, then the corporation would have to, um, the corporation would have to represent something, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it, that's why I asked you what social commentary you think it's making. Oh yeah. Yeah. What if we're the gods? 
What if the audience are the evil gods and I we demand sacrifice of these people every be, Halloween? Wait, I like way that. More Keep going. Keep going. What if every cool, Halloween man. we are the ones who it's... demand the sacrifice? And that hand at the end. And the hand at the end. Is us. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> 92% to yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of really into that reading. That's, right kind of, there. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. What okay. if this movie's about mm. uh, um, displacing and. Uh, Destroying organized religion. <laughs> what? Oh, you're gonna have. I'm down. To, I'm down. To I think Sounded even like if you're stoner. saying, even if, even if we're it. not making it like a way better storyline with either of your ideas, and we're just saying like this is an homage to horror, and you don't know that might have been Jazz's idea. I'm just saying, <laughs> as as a huge horror fan, it almost like belittles me to have so much exposition about the tropes because I'm like yeah I know them I, I know them and anyone going to that movie which again the marketing didn't promote any of this stuff just promoted a like typical cabin in the woods kids going out to die plot which is fine mm -hmm. I'm gonna see that movie I'm gonna right. see literally any horror movie out the good ones the bad ones it doesn't matter to me and so if I'm going to that movie and I'm the target market for the movie that was marketed mm -hmm. I already know these tropes I don't need Sigourney Weaver. Are you a fan of horror, Cody? Um, I am. Maybe I'm not like a gigantic fan, but I think I'm. I, I like it. And you do so when you went to this movie, you thought it was a horror movie. I the no. more I think about it, the more I'm sure that I. I think I'm tapped know. in enough to like internet movie okay. culture that I was like, this movie is a movie I need to see because okay. it has some buzz around it. Mm -hmm. But I guess I want to ask you because I, Casey, I feel like. We would be here dinging this movie if the trailer had given this premise away. Oh, you know yeah. No, I don't think that was wrong. Mm, I don't okay. think that was the wrong call. I just think they should have injected a little more actual horror into it. Mm, okay. Like, again, the kills don't start until 45 minutes in. Mm -hmm. You don't even see the zombie family until then. So, mm -hmm. like, it's just kind of really late after a lot of a lot a lot a lot of buildup mm. and on top of that like this idea of the tropes still could have landed on me if mm. i w didn't feel like i spent 10 minutes at the end being told what they are i'm like right. yes i i know yeah. yeah i mean the movie definitely has a pretty big i would almost call it like horror comedy right i mean because yeah. we the title screen we get is during is the most <laughs> mundane conversation yeah. ever, and then it's like this screaming cabin in the it's woods. Awesome. Right. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I guess I feel like the movie plants its flag pretty early. That if you know, if you came here for a typical horror movie, this is something out of left field. Yeah, I I think when I found out that it was a comedy horror, I was expecting it to like really be making fun of the tropes. But mm. then at the very end, when uh, I forget the two character names, but the stoner guy and the virgin. Marty and Dana. Marty, yeah, when Marty and Dana are, like, uh, holding hands at the end because it's mm -hmm. about to be the end of the world. Like, that just got way too sappy for me uh, for a <laughs> comedy movie, you know? It's like, I don't want to feel emotionally attached to these people. I just want to laugh at them. You don't? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hang on. <laughs> if, it's, if it's a comedy, it's like, you know. But it, I guess I like that it was both. I like that it, you kind of were this weirdly detached, you know, viewer for part of it. But then, I don't know, by the end, we've been with them through so much and... Even though we knew the game that was being played, watching them discover it and discover it on like the level that it really is, mm -hmm. I think for me, I was there with them and that, yeah, they're holding hands by the end. I was like, yeah, dude, whoever, whoever's near me when that's happening, I'm going to try to hold hands with them probably. Yeah, um, I just think that's the reason why I think that um, 
it's like not making fun of the tropes if hmm. uh, if we end up like caring for these people, hmm. you know. But I I guess because one for me one of the effective ways that I feel like it makes fun of it is that it it sort of sets up this like the you know the jock the blah blah blah, but then it kind of subverts it in interesting ways where like you know uh, or Thor uh, <laughs> is you know he's talking about what books to read, you know, because this guy lectures based off this, not that, and that they're all actually pretty intelligent, put together people, and that it's not until, you know, the gas starts coming in that they their personalities start changing. Well, we find yeah. out that the girl was really smart, and then they put, like, dumb stuff in her yeah. hair dye, essentially. Yeah, right. So, like, yeah. it does it really matter what people you're getting at that point if you're if you're making a smart person dumb? Well, no, you maybe. need a group of five friends. I think that's the requirement. Right. They mentioned, yeah. like, remember yeah. when you could just throw someone in a volcano? I'm like, yeah, let's just do that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this feels really involved. I mean, it is it is involved, but I guess that, for me, as the viewer, that was the fun part, is is watching, you know, Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of, like, I, I guess their day-to-day work life was, like, fun and kind of compelling, but, you know, simultaneously mundane and banal to watch. So I liked how involved it was because yeah. you kind of felt their stress of, like, this has to happen just right, and, oh, my God, she can't die before him. It's like, it's an inter- interesting juxtaposition of, like, that, like, very mundane, bureaucratic workplace setting yeah. of this incredibly horrific yeah. situation. Yeah. And they're the, yeah. I mean... I think now I'm thinking more about my theory of the fact that we're, it's really like where the people that they're doing it for. It's like I imagine the the stu- these are the studio people who have to make this thing happen. They have yeah. to find these people, you know, have cast makeup, it just right, cast yeah, it yeah. just right. It's totally representative of Hollywood. It, yeah, it's yeah. like a, it's like a internal representation of that. Them laughing at the weird people and all that who they have to work with and stuff to but make. But then yeah. you have happen. like the morality police <laughs> character, who's the new is that, guy. Is that the, the security guy? The security guard or the doctor? His, his was name that? was Truman, which I was like, all right, okay. surveillance. Oh, it was a security, security um, guard. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's just like, oh. this seems really messed yeah. up, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Take how did best. this guy get through the background check for this job? <laughs> like, he's clearly yeah. not into it. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> he's, I mean, he still does his job. So, I mean, they, whatever job they hired him for, you know, security, he still did it. So, yeah. I mean, his misgivings are pretty mild considering, like, what we're watching on screen. That he's kind of like. No, you're betting on this? Hmm. All right, I'm not super into it. Right? But, I mean, he's definitely still coming to work every day and doing what he needs to do. So, well, like, he came to work that day. Because <laughs> <laughs> he might not have come uh, yeah, to work the next day. Yeah, how did he get this right. job on the day of? Like, I feel like this would require a lot more planning, which goes back to the, like, this should never have failed. Like, there should have always uh, been a contingency if, hmm. if, I don't know, if this was a real thing. <laughs> I don't think we would let it fail. Clearly, it's like a UN level conspiracy if all these countries <laughs> are in on it. And yeah, but I mean, I I'm, I mean, complicated stuff like this, like like the gods want to be appeased in a certain way, right? Like they can't just round up five people and execute them with a SWAT team, right? The gods want the virgin and the jock, and so they do. Do they have... though? Because Japan, it's like school children. No, but for but Japan has their own tropes, right? So Japan was playing into their own, like you know that the evil black hair girl who looks mm-hmm. like the Ring or the Grudge. We kind of have yeah. our American slasher horror movies. That was sort of what we were playing into. So I mean, it's like it's sort of like the gods 
maybe there are you know multiple gods for you know for every country or something like that. Oh but my God. but it's like every country has the tropes that they have to adhere to, so they can't just. Or there may have been other characters in that ring movie that it was the the young the young woman right. the young virgin <clears throat> woman or girl was the one who saved the day at the end. How yeah. how funny was that was man watching that was the funniest thing in the yeah. world watching those kids in like a moment of you know, of sort of understanding and bliss, vanquish this monster Into and like set their soul free and then and then to pull back and have Richard Jenkins going, Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> It's like the funniest thing. He's so mad at these kids who are so pure. <laughs> Japan had a one hundred percent success rate before that, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. No. Um what I was gonna say was I don't know. I feel like we've run our kind of gamut of, you know, arguments we had. So, I don't know. We're about at time to unmask anyways. So, sure. let's peel them back. Cody, how do you really feel? Yeah, I really like this movie. I honestly hadn't thought of it for a while until I showed up on the Slack channel for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of was re-experiencing it. Because like, it's been a solid few years since the movie came out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, watching it again, I was kind of just, you know, I remembered most of the beats, but I, like all of them were hitting me again. I was like, oh my God, that worked so well. That also worked so well. So yeah, I'm yeah. here for it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nate? Um, I think I definitely uh, liked this movie the first time I watched it, but <laughs> coming back to it, um, I don't know, it's really lost its appeal to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that the jokes were like... Um, I don't know. I think that they relied way too much on like the same jokes over mm. and over, like the intern and the merman. So I think I got tired of those after a while. I think, but I also think like they do have some really good bits, like the whole speaker phone. Oh my god, the things. speaker! Phone. God damn it, that was so funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, what yeah. happens next, Morty? <laughs> there are also just to jump back in. I think I. I now like have a full time job and work in an office, whereas before I think I was in college. So there's some ways where like the like the office, you know, a drone <laughs> thing kind of was just like even funnier this yeah. time. Like the sort of just the stuff they do of like betting and yeah, you know, yeah. and, like wait, teasing why did, other departments? Yeah, teasing <laughs> other departments. Oh my, like God damn it, that stuff was so pitch perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, Casey. Um, well, if it wasn't evident by my vast knowledge of this movie, I love this movie. Yeah. Um, I saw it first in college, and I went in totally blind. I think a friend dragged me because we both liked scary movies, and we generally went to them together, but she was a huge Joss Whedon fan, so mm. she was like, this movie's been sitting on the shelf for three years, I'm so excited, and I was like, oh, yeah, cool, yeah. I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> and I just remember, like like you said from the title card, just being like, all right, I'm here for it. I don't know what the fuck is happening, but I'm so ready. Yeah. And then by the end, I was like calling everyone I knew who I'd ever seen a horror movie with and being like, you have to go see Cabin in the Woods. Don't read anything. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe that they managed to eke out a trailer that doesn't blow this movie. No. Yeah, like, yeah that's good for them. That's, <laughs> I'm, yeah, like that's, that is a fight that somebody mm-hmm. had somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Quasi. Scooch over. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Huge fan. God, no, I'm glad you were on this panel, man. You killed it. Um, so I watched this movie in uh, in college. And again, I have uh, some few, a few of my friends who we love movies. And he, he just comes back from seeing this movie. He's like, just 
just go. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I watched it. It was so good. And then I showed my classmates, a few of my classmates, and they hated it. I don't know yeah. why. They just could not handle anything that was going on. And so now I don't trust any of their taste in movies. <laughs> but, and you know who you are. <laughs> um, and so now I'm on like a race with these guys to show this movie to as many people as I can before they purposefully spoil it for them. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, but no, I, I mean, I, I really love this movie. Um, I thought it was, I think it was, it was so funny when I saw it. Um, I think all of all the pieces um, that they they pull they pull from these different horror movies because I'm not like a huge fan of horror. I just like watching it with people. Yeah. I think it's a fun yeah. experience to be yeah. with people. But I don't say I don't necessarily seek it out on my own. Um, but this was just it was hilarious and it 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 took it took me into all those places mm-hmm. and I I mean I don't really I don't know a lot of those tropes as well so like when they were happening like, oh I recognize this but really what it is and then seeing all these other monsters that existed and like a uni like a unicorn like what <laughs> yeah. like that's what was that supposed to be like all these other pieces yeah. I thought it was just I thought it was great I had a great time mm-hmm. during this movie it was a ride yeah um yeah. I haven't watched yeah, this in a while. Uh, and it was the same. It was the same thing for me. It was people were like, "Go see it, don't." Yeah, I won't tell you anything. About it. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay," um, and I didn't know. I didn't know how meta it was gonna be. Um, but yeah, the first time I saw it, I was definitely super into it. I was like, "This is great. This is hilarious." Um, and that was before. That was I was saying to Cody. That was before I knew who. Like I didn't even know who Bradley Whitford was. Yeah, like yeah, I hadn't right. watched The West Wing <clears throat> yet or anything. I, I, he was maybe like a familiar face, but I didn't. I didn't know his name was Bradley Whitford even. even. Yeah, um, right. I think I knew Richard Jenkins, um, but then the rest of the cast. It was weirdly around the same time a bunch of my roommates were watching Dollhouse, and the guy What's who that? plays Marty is in that. He's like a scientist Dollhouse guy. Dollhouse is it's a Joss Whedon also show. Also Joss yeah, Whedon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is about, uh, I forget, uh, What's-Her-Face is in it. it Liza Dushko? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I forget. I forget. What it's it's hard like to sum robot, up. Like I right? know what the show's about. I just know. Like I a... can't do. It. I can't sum them show up right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> just um, go watch it or don't. don't. No, I haven't seen. I just know it. I haven't yeah. seen it. I can. Yeah, um, I've only watched it in my periphery. My roommate. It exists. It. But anyways, he's also in that show, so I knew who he was. I was like, oh, that's that guy again. Yeah. Um, Crayons. Yes. Um, <laughs> Great but, uh, name. But yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and on the rewatch, I, I think I soured on it a little bit, where I was Ooh. like, like I, I still enjoy the movie, but I was like tracking plot points when mm-hmm. I, like I do for the notes for the show, and like, um, there just weren't a lot, where like things didn't really change that much, and I was just like, this movie is mostly fun in games, like mm-hmm. there's just a lot of funsies happening and mm-hmm. fluff that is all like horror spectacle that doesn't actually like further the plot at all that's all and so like that's all the humor all the jokes are just like ah horror movies lol <laughs> um, and so that was that was my thing where i was just like this movie like isn't much but like a send up of the trope and like and there's, there's nothing wrong with that but like it i i feel like there there's like a deeper plot that could have been put in it that maybe would have been made the whole thing a little more of a payoff like it, without the messy cleanup of the ancient gods at the end of mm. having to I mean like I get I get the big world consequences angle of the ending but like it it didn't feel earned mm-hmm. like it didn't feel like that 
Yeah. Like, couldn't couldn't it have just been like a rogue corporation, or something? Kind of like a what was that? What was that movie that the um, Belkin Experiment? Yeah, yeah, Belkin Experiment that came out last. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that was like that, um, and it's like I almost wonder if they like were like let's do that but rein it in and make it more like bottle episode-y or something. But but yeah, that was I don't know. That's kind of my where 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 I sit with it. It's still fun to watch, and it's definitely like. A lot of fun to watch with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think there is also something to be said for like the theater experience of a movie that oh, yeah. can't mm-hmm. be recreated. <laughs> like to seeing that movie for oh, the first yeah. time in theaters. I also think of like The Ring, which was one of the greatest theater experiences of my life. Or yeah, something like that <sighs> yeah, where it's like yeah. maybe on a rewatch in, you're not gonna quite theater, get it as much. it as much. Yeah, yeah but something about that like <laughs> Just the people around you feeling your same tension or laughing at the same time as you or, like, someone... I love when people shout during horror movies, like, don't go in there! (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, don't go in there. (laughs) And I think a singular, like, theater experience, this is definitely in my top five. I went to see Paranormal Activity 3 in theaters. There's a woman (laughs) praying out loud in Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why did she come? The worst. <laughs> why did she go to that movie? That's a great question. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's about that's where I'm at. That's where we're at. Um, and so before I do the full show wrap up, um, I know Casey wanted to talk about. Um, I mean, you're going to be there. You and Casey yes. will both be there. Yes. Yeah, go ahead if you want. Uh, so Geek Girl Con is coming up on October 27th and 28th. And 24 Flames will be represented by uh, myself, as well as Maddie Vonhoff, friend of the pod. And Quasi will actually be moderating uh, this panel called Hey Listen about uh, podcasting. So mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty cool. That's on uh, the Sunday of Geek Girl Con, and you can buy tickets now. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Um, anybody, anybody else? No, everyone else shook their heads, right? <laughs> we don't have anything else around the table to play? The, the voting? <clears throat> yeah, that's, yeah. Okay, so ballot ballots will be out by then. Um, so yeah, don't look. Don't assume that a blue wave is gonna happen. A blue wave is only gonna happen if you and like you grab all like three other people and you all vote. Um, just, so can we seriously, just give a shit. Can we? Can we just collectively give a shit? Can we do that? Like this one, <laughs> this one time, guys. Um, no, seriously, if you are interested in doing some phone making where you call some voters and go, hey, vote please, um, then feel free to tweet at me and I will set you up because I'm probably doing that. Mm-hmm. Cool. cool. I am doing it. I'm probably doing it on any given night. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, go vote. Make other people vote. Um, Definitely. Other than that... We're going to keep talking about who knows what on the post-show. <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to make, right? <laughs> make our bets on, on the, the creatures. That's right. On which, creatures <laughs> would actually, what, which creature would actually kill us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Or unicorn. which thing would you be drawn? <laughs> I was actually going to say that. Going out with style. A, uni- a unicorn actually was a pretty brutal kill. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, they didn't shy away from that one. Uh, yeah, we're going to record that right after this. Um, and that is for our Patreon subscribers only. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just more of the show. And so if you want information on that or any of the other fun stuff we do that's just for Patreon supporters, head over to patreon.com slash 24flamespod to get more information. And hopefully, uh, support the show because we can't do any of it without the support of the folks that already are there and 
we wanted to be able to do more if you listener right now make the choice to go over and um, and pitch in and beyond that if you have thoughts about the cabin in the woods that you feel like need to be heard email us at 24flamespod at gmail.com you can find the show on social media at 24flamespod you can find the net our network partyfish media on facebook and instagram at partyfish media and you can get more information about all of our other shows that we have going on over on those platforms and that about does it i think i don't say anything else right nope Check out the other shows. We have yeah, some yeah. good stuff coming down the pipe. Yeah, yeah. Funhouse Family Podcast, I think, is close to wrapping its first season uh, before we start. They get we get too far into production of the theater show that's at the end of November. Uh, so stay tuned for information on that. I believe they have a go go going right now for that show to help support that show to get early advanced tickets and stuff like that. So you can find their social media at Funhouse Fam and Quasi's in the show again. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. And what else? VH Quest. Check it out uh, at VH Quest Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Their show comes out on Tuesday. And that's all for now. I believe those are the only shows for now. But yeah. Um, oh, and if you're uh, coming up this weekend, uh, I'll, pu- I'll plug this because I'll be there. Um, this weekend in Seattle when this episode comes out, the final what, weekend in October. Um, if you're around Seattle Center at all and want to come support youth filmmaking from around the world, uh, the film festival that I program experimental films for, NIFTY, which stands for the National Film Festival for Talented Youth, is happening at Seattle Center at the SIF Uptown um, all weekend long. I think it's like 30 screenings, and then there's like a film career day at Seattle Center on Friday, uh, and a, a virtual reality, augmented reality gallery called NIFTY X. Um, and I'll be around. It's a lot of fun. It's very inspiring, creatively inspiring weekend. If you're not going to Geek Girl Con, come join us at NIFTY and uh, meet like all the next best filmmakers you're going to see coming up in the world and uh, come to the experimental film night I programmed it (laughs) and it should be a lot of fun so if you're around in Seattle come check it out and if not go do all the other stuff so yeah everybody we'll catch you next weekend next week for the final episode of 24 Flames October Horror Season for Season 2 next week is The Shining and It should be good, y'all. So we'll catch you then, everyone. See you later. Bye. Fish media.